Yo, you still ain't getting women? Really? Come on, son. You need to go to badboymembership.com and step up your game. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Mr. Locario, the bad boy of the dating game, and I'm telling you that if you really want to attract beautiful women, you need to go to badboymembership.com. This is where you get 45 through 90 minute step-by-step -step dating advice tutorials every month. Just sign up, follow the advice, and you'll get the woman you want. Go to badboymembership.com. That's badboymembership.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Orange is a New Black Podcast. I am your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim Huday. Zim, say what's up. What's up, world? Hello, world. We have a very, very special guest today on the Orange is a New Black Podcast. We have none other than legend, TJ Hushmanzada. Talk to the people, TJ. Tell them what's up. Tell them what you're up to right now at this very moment. <laughs> Chilling on the balcony of where I'm living temporarily right now out here in Southern California, man. Other than that, man, I'm pretty uh pretty chill, carefree, stand in the house. I make a I make a run a few times to the park with my kids, go to Costco. <laughs> Other than that, I'm in the house, man, all day. Yeah. Everybody healthy on your end? How's it has uh COVID nineteen affected anyone in your family or anything like nah, that? Thus far, no family or friends, man. Been uh pretty lucky, but we try to be try to be smart about it. Like today Supposed to get on at 3:30 with you. It's 4:20. I made a run to get some more, some masks, and so I went and got some masks from a buddy of mine. Got some more hand sanitizer uh, everywhere I go, store, gas. It don't matter. I touch anything. It's hand sanitizer right away. Right. So we we trying to be as safe as possible. But yeah, we we've been lucky thus far. Yeah. Cool. Ace, get him. You can All say right. So so we gotta we gotta kick this off, man. I wanted to start off with my favorite, my favorite season of yours, your best season, 2007. It was a Pro Bowl year for you, and you still to this day have the Bengals reception record in terms of the single season with 112 receptions. That also was when you scored 12 touchdowns. Tell us about like how you felt once the record was broken and going into that season. Was that something that you kind of expected or did it just kind of happen? Nah, nah, nah. It, I, I didn't expect it. It, it just happened. I, I anybody that knows me and you guys don't know me, man. Uh, I thought that was the best receiver on the Bengals from the time I got there. Right. And, and, and so did I expect it? I would say no, but I wasn't surprised. Um, and that was my first Pro Bowl when I felt the year prior I should have gone to the Pro Bowl. Right. And, and so it just we didn't have the team success that we should have had. And so once that happens, you're happy for your individual success. But shit, once January comes home, you're going home. So it's like, right. <laughs> what does it matter? It really doesn't matter. 
I was going home Tuesday uh, after that Sunday game. And so it's cool to have to look back on. But at the time, no, it didn't really matter to me. Okay. Look at, like, when you look back around that time, I guess, like, I, I was having this conversation with someone the other day about the 2005 team. Oh, um, man. Just going back in that, like, I guess my first question would be, like, I just want to ask you the 2005 versus 2015 Bengals, who wins that game? We do. We, And I'll tell you why is not taking away anything from those guys, but it's our mentality. Uh, offensively, when, when I look at that team, the 2015 team, I don't know if anyone on that offense could match the mentality that we had from our offense from 2005. Defensively now, uh, our defense in 05 was probably better from taking away the ball, but that 2015 team, they were better overall defensively. They they were a better defense, but if you ask me, I'm taking Carson over Andy – and I'm taking Chad over AJ, and I'm taking myself over whoever else was across from AJ. And so whoever whoever it was. Um, And the biggest biggest thing, though, is our offensive line from 05. Shit, we liked it. We liked the Dallas Cowboys two years ago. Like, our old line was really good in 05. They didn't get the credit, but that's probably one of the better offensive lines that anybody can put together. I mean, we're going seven-step drop. And if you know football, we're going seven-step drop. We weren't chipping. We weren't helping the tackles. And Levi and Willie held up like it was nothing. Playbook wide open. Yeah, I mean, and it, go back to when we played. People don't understand this. We didn't go in motion. We didn't line up in stack formations. Me and Chad had to get open. Right. Like, if we didn't get open, our offense didn't work. We had to get open. They didn't get it. It wasn't one of those offenses where the offensive system got you open. We had to get open. And if we didn't get open, the offense didn't work. Y'all made Bob Brakowski look good there, man, because as soon as it kind of got later on, once you guys kind of got out of there, it kind of got exposed. So I understand fully what you're saying about that. I wouldn't say it got exposed. Well, somewhat. But – you got to have receivers that can get open, man. Like that offense right. is a really good offense. It's a complicated offense at the same time. I mean, it was to the point where we would have to understand protections and who the O line is blocking, who's coming free, who the back is picking up, because our route would change depending on all of that. Right. And if you get a receiver that one can mentally handle that, and then two physically you can't get open, it's curtains. You don't stand a chance in hell. Right, right. So I got to bring this up. You once boycotted your Madden rating, and at oh, one yeah. point, at one point, just as a fan <laughs> and like as a Madden player myself, I used to get mad when I would get on and they didn't have your full name on the game. And at one point, they didn't even give you the ponytail. Like I was like, "Come on, y'all, y'all got to get I was right like there." The first one in the league, rocking hair out the helmet, though. <laughs> right, exactly. I say exactly. that's that's a good crazy. Like when when you talk about like I guess like. That time too, like when you let's let's talk about the rating, right? I've heard you say this before in interviews or whatever. Like you didn't even run, uh, or they didn't have a real uh, time for you at the combine. When you look up your name and teams think that you're slower than the average NFL wide receiver, I guess. I guess this kind of goes hand in hand with the Madden thing. 
when you look it up, it always says you ran a four seven. I'm, Where are they getting that from? I'm, I have no idea. I've been fast my entire life. I got slow when I played for the Bengals. Like, right, because you said I, you never even ran at the combine. So, like, where did, are they even getting this from? I can get on the phone right now and call my college coach, and he'll tell you what I ran. I do this all the time. Right. Dude, I ran four three nine and a four four zero. I jumped thirty eight inches on a vertical. I had a ten nine broad jump. When I was in junior college, I ran ten fifty six hundred meters, twenty one three two hundred meters. Right. And so for, I got branded in the league, and that's fine. I don't care about that. Um, me and Chad train together, and he'll never admit this. He never beat me in a race. Right. He never beat me in a race. But Chad's playing the famous footwork to me, though. But, like, even when you watch TJ play, to me, he wasn't a slow player. Like, he was no, catching. Chad, Chad was extremely quick. Like, Chad had the quick of a guy that was 5'3", and he was 6'2". Chad was extremely he be, Chad was two steps by you before you realized he moved. Right. And so for me, I played under control. Mm-hmm. And when you play under control, that gets branded slow. But people don't understand how to play under control. And, and, and so they're out of control. They can't decelerate. They can't stop. But, yeah, it pissed me off with the Madden thing. I, it's funny you spring that up because I just started playing Madden again like a month ago. <laughs> so the boycott <laughs> is finally over. Okay, I don't blame you. I don't blame you on that one. So when you were in the Natty, um, you stayed in these condos in Woodline. The only reason I know is because I lived in Wyoming, and some other Bengals stayed there yeah, as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, Kiwan Ratliff. Um, I used to hear that you had like a white truck around there, and, and like sometimes people would run into you and stuff like that. There was a La Rosa's and a Wyoming food market and stuff around there. Like yeah. when people would see you, because you was a big star back then. Like, what would their reaction be when they would see you out just in that I area? Ask for a picture and autograph. Like I'm a. I'm a people person, man. Like I, I don't, I've never uh, thought because I played in the NFL that I couldn't talk to the regular person or the person that doesn't play sports. And so if I see somebody, I chop it up with them. That's just how I am. Like, I don't look at my, Oh, like I ain't got time to talk to you. Like yeah. I don't like guys that do shit like that. That's whole shit. Yeah. Um, I've never been that way. I've always been a people person. So yeah, people saw me. Um, I'd sign autographs for them, have no problem. I'll take pictures with them. Um, that, that's just how I am. I've never looked at myself like, oh man, this did nah, because yeah. it's over for me now. And when you're in that situation, you don't realize it's going to be over as quickly as it, it comes by. And yeah. so, and, and people still ask me for pictures and autographs, but shit is nowhere near what it was. Right. I remember around that time, too, like early on, like because and I I tell people this, too, just because you watch a lot of sports doesn't mean you know everything about, you know, sports or where guys came from. So when you I'm a Bengals fan, you came to the team. I remember like in that 05 season, one of my criticisms that I used to always have or I used to tell people was that, man, he has a lot of drops in 2005. Am I am I off base? Because I remember, like, that was a conversation at one time. That was a lot of, you know, like, and then I grew into 06, 07, 08. You just tore it up. And then you'd be a fool not to be a TJ fan by then. I don't, honestly, to keep it 100, I don't remember uh, the 05 year. Like, I've always, the reason I got a chance to play was twofold. I was smart. I knew what everybody was supposed to do. And I didn't drop the ball. 
Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the reason I I got a chance over guys like I didn't drop balls in practice. Oh, it's it's night and day. But like, see, like when I go back, like if you go back and look at 06 or something like that, you're at you're you get the uh the least amount of drops in the whole entire NFL. Yeah, yeah. From and that it's opportunity, but the bit is confidence, man. Like mm-hmm. once you start rolling, you feel like can't nobody fuck with you. And mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of it was confidence and you're going to drop balls. But I was known for having great hands and I probably dropped the biggest ball of my career. And, and so shit, it happens it, wrong time and opportune time, but, but it, but it happens, but I don't, I don't recall maybe <laughs> that, that helps me. I don't recall ever really dropping many balls. I, I don't, I remember I could have just been like somebody like, I'm watching practices. I don't even know where I got that from. Even if you Google it right now, though, like 05 is going to ding you. But then from that point on, shorthanded as anybody is the, the NFL's ever seen. Yeah, I, I remember that somebody gave this to me when we were playing. Me and Reggie Wayne, uh, for a four-year period, tied for the least amount of drops in the league. Right. And so, but yeah, I mean, I didn't become a starter really until 04. Like after Peter Ward got hurt, I was about to say Peter went down. I remember yeah. you was like the slot receiver at first. It was like Chad, P Dub, and you. And then once P Dub went down, that's when you just rose yeah. to the occasion and took over. Yeah. So yeah. my question would be: another player that's kind of getting some harsh criticism on forty time. I hate, I hate this whole forty time thing. Um, now it's T Higgins. Obviously, you've worked with him. I've argued with people that field speed is different than 40 speed. And to me, to me, when I watch him on film, he's not slow at all to me. Why do people put so much emphasis on 40 times for receivers? What did he run at his pro day? Because, number one, he shouldn't have run. I told him don't run. His agent told him don't run. He got right. credit into it. I, I believe it was a 4-5. or five. I think it was in the 4-5 or, or something like that. Okay, that's what he texted me. It was like mid 4-5. or five. Right. So, so why do you why do you think people focus on 40 times instead of actual skills like hands, jumping ability, route running? Because to me, that's what really makes a receiver. Pre-con. Uh, kind of. Well, I don't give a damn because a lot of people that make the decisions really don't know what they're doing. I mean, right. that's just that's just being honest. Right. Speed is probably the least important factor in a receiver. That's the least important factor in a receiver. And so. They, they make a big deal about it because it, that's easy to see. That's easy to say, oh, his speed isn't what it should be. T, number one, had hurt his hamstring like three weeks prior to him running his 40. Um, didn't train for about a week and a half, two weeks, just trained, and then went out to Clemson and wasn't supposed to run, was just going to do routes. Right. When we worked, he looked like all every bit of a low four four guy, and you'll see when you see him out there and run. Right. But what's impressive about him is his ability to run routes. Like T is tall, bro. Like he's tall. Like he measured at six four. He 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 looked like a basketball player, but he can drop his weight. He can sink his hips, and you don't see that out of guys his size. And so if he's able to mentally pick things up, it's going to be scary. And I'm glad that you said that because there's been people out here saying that he doesn't have, you know, elite physical traits. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Look at how tall he is. Look how he moves. He ain't never played, though. People that under – okay, I'll put it to you like this. So Wiz out here training, 
And obviously T was getting ready for the combine and whatnot. And so John Ross was just getting back into the workouts. I'm like, you know, come out here this week. We'll ease you into it the first two weeks. You know, you ain't been doing much. So he comes out. We do little stuff. And he's like, who's that? I'm like, that's T. Higgins. First thing he said was, bro, he remind me of AJ. Facts. You know that's the number one comp that comes up when you, when you pop it. Like when you go pull him up on any site or anything like that, the number one comp is always AJ Green. He so the route game, the only thing he's not that he doesn't have that AJ has is anybody AJ is a real violent guy at the line of scrimmage in his release game and press coverage. Um he's gonna have to develop that part of his game. But everything outside of that, like catch the ball, no problem, run routes really well, um, gets out of his breaks really well. So for him, it's going to be up here and right there. Do you think that it's a little bit of a Chris Henry in him as well or not? Well, I think Slim had a ability to just like he's the only guy that I ever remember ever seeing run a deep post route full speed and just would like catch the ball like he had 10 fingers on one hand like he would just snatch the ball out the air and you never really saw that from somebody running the deep post route but as far as creating separation at the top of the route um it's much better than slim slim had that i can stay full speed forever stride um but it they're different players different players for sure and, and while you're talking about these players that you work that you work with, and then you even talked about confidence, and I do I do want to ask you about John Ross because I, I have seen a couple comments on John Ross. But tell the people that just haven't seen you that, that there's a bunch of Bengals fans in here. What is your role with these players right now? Like um, when you're saying you're working out with these guys, like let 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 the people know what you do. So I mean, it just kind of happened, man. It's a funny story with Ross is we go way back, not even knowing we go way back. My wife's family uh, owns apartment buildings out here in Southern California. His grandmother lived in one of the units for like over 20 years. Wow. Had, didn't know that. Um, kind of put two and two together when I met his pops. But I did an interview years ago, I think after Ross's rookie year. And it was like, oh, would you help Ross here in Southern California? I'm like, yeah, if he reaches out to me. Right. He reached out to me. Um, we just started working. Physically? Ross is one of the best receivers in the NFL from a physical standpoint. He's fast as fuck. That's known. He's quick as fuck. Like he can run and he's quick. Anybody that knows sports and athleticism, those two things are hard to come by in one player. Tyreek Hill, fast and quick. Mm -hmm. John Ross can do, he can beat you with his quickness and he can run by you for him. It's the belief in himself that he can do it. Right. And it's the consistent belief. And what happens is this, is you go back to his rookie year, and I just so happened to be at that game. His first touch ever in the NFL. Y'all remember what happened? Yeah. I mean, gave him that end around, yep. and he fumbled the ball. He didn't play the rest of the season. One play, one fumble, he didn't play the rest of the season. What you think? You, y'all put yourself in that position. Right. Yeah. Crush your comp. He's in practice killing guys. Right. You don't play. And so right. yeah. mentally, mentally, that affected him. 
And it's oh, you're a professional. We human, bro. Yeah, but we're, we're human. We're I, hate, hate, I hate when people, people do that. I hate when people say that. I, they, I, I hear that so much online, bro. Like that's yeah, I hate that so and much. So he just has to get past that and believe it. Like when we're out here training, all the guys I train with, uh, they see him and they're like, fuck. They they all say the same thing, like, oh my God. They all say the same thing, every last one of them. They can't believe it. And so because they, God, how is he not doing it in the game? And so for Ross, we train physically, but a lot of it is me being a psychologist too. Right. And trying to build that confidence back in it because I know how it is, man. Like we all confident when things is going well. Shit. We all feel good about ourselves when we have no adversity, but as soon as we hit adversity, can we maintain that confidence in ourselves to know that that was an aberration and that's not what it's gonna be? Right. I mean, this dude made somebody retire after at halftime. Like <laughs> he killed dude. Like dude ended up retiring and hanging it up after Ross torched him. Um, talking about Bill's corner. What's his name? I can't even recall, dude. He used to play for the Dolphins. I can't even think of his Y'all name. Devontae Davis. Yeah, yeah. Devontae Davis. <laughs> Retired at halftime, like after Ross did him in. Uh, TJ, we got you on. I gotta ask you, bro, what are if you had like a top five for Bengals receivers? We got a lot of good receivers, including yourself. What would your top five be? Uh, Chad will be number one. Um, I, I'm just gonna go off the guys I've seen. AJ would be two. After that, it's debatable. It's got to be you next. It's yeah, got to be you. I wasn't even going to add myself, but if I'm adding myself, then it's not even a question, and I'm number three. Right. And then I guess I would go Chris Collinsworth and uh, Carl oh, Pickens. I would say Pickens. Carl oh. Pickens was a monster, man. He was yeah. – Carl Pickens could play, but yeah. Carl Pickens was a monster on Tech Mobile. If he was put in front of me, I wouldn't argue that, but I'm never putting anybody in front of me. I'm going to say myself. Right, facts. Um, what I was gonna say, some of the uh some of the criticism just going back to the Ross thing too is like uh what the news broke today. I don't know, and I, I know you probably don't want to yeah, he told me yesterday. We trained yesterday, he told me yesterday. So the argument that I tell a lot of Bengals fans is this: I just find it very, very hard. Um, I mean, you could tell me, do you see a scenario where this could even work? In my mind, if he has a good season. Then if he hits the open market, I mean, for the reasons that you just said, the speed, the agility all combined. A lot of these guys that are still getting paid like uh, Ted Ginn or somebody that just has straight line speed or is not nearly as shifty, um, they get paid for a long time. I was My argument is that if they're going to even come into any type of discussion with doing a restructure on AJ, I, I just don't see a scenario where they would be able to re-sign Ross if he had a good year. And if he had a bad year, which, knock on wood, I don't think it's happening. But say he had a bad one, I think they'll say, well, we're out of the John Ross project. Like, do you see a scenario where you think John Ross could be on his roster after the after this 2020 I, I, I believe it's virtually impossible for him and AJ to be on the team next year together. You drafted T. Higgins um, because of that. And Tyler Boyd is going Tyler Boyd can play, man. Tyler Boyd is underrated. You talking about running around and sitting somebody ass down? Right. Like he, he can really play. And so 
I, I don't see a situation where Ross is on a team. I believe if AJ can stay healthy, he going to put up AJ type numbers. So that's going to be a spot for him. If T can show them that he can be a player, it's going to be AJ, T and uh, Tyler and Ross will move on. But I, I'm just a firm believer. If he mentally can get it together and had that self-belief, he, he un, he's unstoppable, man. His quickness and speed is – you just don't see that. Like, if you put him in Kansas City with Mahomes, he's people, man. He's killing people. That, that, I, I don't even see that team ever lose. <laughs> I, remember I, t- I said that on a pod, like, it's, it's like a month now. You're putting with Aaron Rodgers. Like, right. it, it, like, Ross is really a good player physically. He just has to believe it. And go out there and show now. But let's be fair. He's been he hasn't been healthy, and so he's gonna have to fix that part as well. He got he has to stay healthy. Like last year, he was leading the league after three or four weeks, and then he messes up. So it's collarbone or shoulder up, and so he stays healthy that whole year. Who knows what happens? But he was yeah. leading the league after three or four games. He was killing it. I kept telling people that it was funny because at one point I was arguing against receiver like after the first round because I was like, Ross was killing it last year and that was without AJ. So I'm glad that you brought that up as well. But we talked about that receiving core, right? You got all of these receivers. I feel like they're five deep at the wide receiver position. Do you think that this current wide receiver core that they have, do you think that it has the chance to be one of the best that they've ever had before? If they can put it together, the problem is it's not even the problem is it's no offseason. You don't have OTAs. You don't have mini camp. You don't get the form that that cohesiveness that you need with Joe. Um, that that's gonna be difficult because Joe's gonna be good, but he's he's a rookie, and you don't have this offseason to kind of get together. So ho- hopefully, um, what we're trying to do is get them out here for stretches in the summer and kind of do seven on seven stuff and just kind of give them a head start. Um, get Joe out here. Ross is out here. T will be out here and whoever else from the Bengals want to come out here and we'll kind of just install that offense and just kind of run plays. We get a, get defense out here and do seven on seven just to kind of get them going a little bit. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we, we've talked about it for sure. Let me ask you this, because you have the confidence that I think that all of them need, and I feel like you could put the gangster, like, in, in Ross's heart, right? Like, that's what I call it, like, just, <laughs> just like, yeah, like, you just got that whole mentality down, and it's just a part of who you are. If I pose the question to you right now, if they say, hey, we got a jersey with your name on it, can you run out, can you run out here with these boys right now? Could you suit up this year? It just... And would you make any catches? Do you do you still think that even at your age right now that you have the ability to get some catches in the National Football League? I know I do. I could I could play twenty so, snaps a game and get open, no question. So so when you get all them guys out there, when the video starts rolling, I need to see some routes out there. Right, right. I need to right, see you real, run with them. Real, I want to run with them. This is what I'm gonna do. Like I, I don't even I haven't put cleats on in a long time. But when I'm training my guys, I sh- I do stuff in my tennis shoes. Like I'll run routes in my tennis shoes. Right. And they be tripping. I'll put cleats on. <laughs> like I tell all them now, like my feet better than all of them. They're not as quick as Ross's, but they been about like I, I can still run routes and it's it's understanding leverage and uh this right here though, 
that right here, this is my left side. This is my heart. Like, that's going to take you a long way, that self-belief. But being in the slot and understanding coverage right. and knowing what the defense has to do because of this coverage, um, I'll be fine. Yeah, I can, I can get it done. No problem. Give me 20 snaps. Let me practice once a week like I see what these guys is doing now. No problem. I still wear the same. I still got abs. I mean, I'm good. Yeah. I love, I love to hear it, man. So, TJ, one question I want to ask you. You don't have to answer it uh, if you don't want to, but a lot of people talk about the mystery of what happened in 2005 during halftime of that playoff game. Uh, it's been a lot of rumors out there, but was I mean, there anything? Everything that was said, for the most part, is true. And I, I think he's – has he ever admitted it? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I know I mean, Willie was talking about it. He said that he was going to do a tell-all book. He said that, um, from what I remember, he said it was some stuff with Carson's wife possibly involved in that and uh, IV flu. Nah, man. I, nah. It, it was basically uh, we go into the locker room. Uh, Carson's on the training table. Obviously, we knew his knee was tore. His wife there and there crying. I went in there telling him, we got you, bro. Hope everything's cool. His wife was just sitting there. His wife ain't say nothing. Right. Um, Chad just let he, the emotions get the best of him. That's all I mean. He wanted to, like, me and Chad are very similar, but very different. Where we're very similar is our competitiveness, man. Like, Chad wants to fucking win, man. Like, right. that's all he cares about is winning. And so, at that time, obviously, Slim got hurt in the first quarter. I had to move positions. Kevin Walter comes in to be the third receiver, but he only knew one spot. So I had to move. I had to switch positions because he knew my position, but he didn't know Slim's. And so that kind of messed things up. But we're winning at halftime. I only had two catches. This is one of my two catches was for a touchdown. And so Chad comes in. He was upset. Um, He was getting an IV, gets IV every game, that he wasn't getting the ball. He said something. Somebody else said something to him. Um, he says something back. They pissed him off, so he's walking with a little IV thing, and <laughs> really fast. pop out, and blood goes everywhere. Um, he was just mad he wasn't getting the ball, and whoever I don't recall who it was that said something to him. They should have just shut the fuck up. Like he's a competitor. He wants to win. If he could go back and change it, I'm sure he would. But yeah, I mean, he kind of went off, and it was yelling back and forth, but. At the end of the day, we're winning seventeen to seven or seventeen to ten at halftime. It was those one of the score. We should have won the game. Y'all definitely should have won that game. It's like the way the Steelers was playing, y'all was like they were scared. And as soon as like if if Carson would have had that game plan that the Steelers used against y'all defensively, he would have ate that up, man. We was gonna win that game. Teams they couldn't beat they couldn't beat us because if you load the box, me and Chad gonna kill you. Right. Um, if you don't load the box. Rudy Johnson was going to run it down your throat. And so it was, it was, it was a guessing game. <clears throat> you really couldn't be right. A lot of times we had three plays at the line of scrimmage just for that. So Carson could see the defense. He would give us the play and we would go. But I mean, shit, even when we lost, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought next year we coming back and right. <laughs> we're going to be right back in there. Right. And just for whatever reason, we just never got over the hump defensively to where if we just would have had a defense in the top 15. Right. We that, that's, why, that's why I posed that question to you at the beginning of it. Like, what is 
see to me the Achilles heel of that team was like the secondary, like the on the on the back end. I, no, I thought Tory James was pretty straight, right? No, we, we, we got we got a lot of turnovers with Tory and Delta. Delta, yeah. I'm talking about the safeties, the safety play. It was just uh we didn't we didn't hold up when we should have. And then at times when the defense played well, we didn't do much on offense, was which wasn't a lot, it didn't happen often, but it, it happens. And so it's one of the, if we had a defense that I mean, you just look at it, and it's not the and it's not the players, though, man. Like that's what, it's not the players. Okay. The same players. You look at what Mike Zimmer came in and did when he got there. Thank you. Yep. And, yep. and so schematically, Zim was such a great coach that improvement was through the roof as soon as he got there. And right. so it's it's not the players, man. Um. Just to switch topics a little bit, because somebody wrote on there, uh, they wrote in there, a couple people said, TJ, who's your mama, right? Yeah. I remember back then, it was a thing for me, because I'm kind, I'm not sensitive about my last name, but it's not the easiest last name to say. I always marveled at the fact that I think you had a couple of commercials I thought were really cool, where you made like a play on it and stuff like that. Can you tell people what your last name means? Because I don't know, I, bro. You don't know? No, look. So my mother, my mother's black. Mm-hmm. And my dad is Persian. I'm a junior. I've never met him. I don't know the dude. And, and so uh, I've grown up my entire life basically knowing I'm mixed, but I grew up in a black neighborhood my entire life in the hood. It's, I've never met any part of that side of my family. Don't know anybody. Never met them, seen them. Um, and so, bro, I have no idea. But you know, as long as my name is, I was used to that shit from school, man. When you in school and you get a substitute teacher and they get to the H's and they like Hernandez and they start going down the list, you like, uh, they come to my name. I'd be like, that's me, just call me TJ. <laughs> but you, no, this, but all right, so then I feel like a complete jackass, right? Because your name does mean the son of wisdom of intelligence. And I used to yeah, tell that. Hey, that's about right on. <laughs> like, like, I used to tell people that. I'd be like, man, like, no, nah, you got to some respect on it, but you like telling me, like, yeah, I ain't even know what the hell my last name is. Uh, I like that one. All right. No, no, like, look it up. That's what it, like, I looked it up back then, and I always remember that. And I was like, man, that's super dope. So it, like, that was just something in my mind. I was like, man, like, Okay. I always marvel at the fact that you didn't really even give a damn that people didn't. Nah, you know, I was used to it. I mean, because I know it's a, it's a long name when you look at it. That shit, it's long. It's a lot of letters, and it's how. What is it? How? So yeah, I, I didn't mind it at all. So uh, recapping the draft, I know like before on FSN, you kind of wanted the Bengals to make a trade and everything. They didn't end up doing it. What were your thoughts on the draft that they just had? I thought the Bengals had a really good draft. To be honest with you, I. I wouldn't have complained had they dropped drafted an offensive lineman um, instead of T. Um, but when you, when you draft a, a rookie quarterback, you hope he can grow with a receiver um, that comes in at the same time. So you hope T and Joe can grow. Um, in essence, Jonah Williams will be their first round pick as an offensive lineman that didn't play last year. And so, but I thought you look at the Bengals team, and and I, and I love football, and so. That defensive line is stout. You got Geno Atkins, you got Dunlap, and then you bring in Reader. So right there, you're good. You go to the secondary. The Bengals always have nothing but high draft picks in the secondary. 
Right. Okay. And so they go, is it Von Bell? That's who they went and got. They got Von Bell, Trey Waynes, Alexander. So their secondary is going to be good. Even last year, I thought the weakness of the Bengals were their linebacking core. Right. And they went and got three linebackers. And you would hope one of those, the kid from Purdue, if he can stay healthy. Marcus Bailey. That's his boy right here. That's his guy. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be a really good player. And so if one of those three guys becomes a starter, the Bengals have a really good team. And people say, oh, you being a homer, da-da-da. Just look at their teams. If, if skill player-wise, there's not many teams that got A.J., Tyler Boyd, Ross T., Joe Mixon, Uzuma. They don't have that. Right. And so it's just going to be, can Joe pick this system up? Yeah, he's going to have his rookie lumps. But the game is different. Joe has great, not good, great pocket presence and great awareness. But you got to play the Steelers twice, the Ravens twice, and the Browns, who probably had the best defense in that division twice. That's going to be tough. And, and so um, I think the Bengals have a chance, man. They, they just got to they got to put it together, but they got to believe. Right. And we need somebody to lead them. AJ's not a vocal leader. He'll lead by example. Right. That first meeting that they have, Somebody needs to ask the coach, let me talk. Kick all the coaches out the room and say, bro, all this bullshit that's been going on, because when you lose, a lot of BS goes on and it's tolerated. That's no more. This is what it's going to be. I'm going to hold y'all accountable and vice versa. Y'all going to hold me accountable. But if I see any of y'all bullshit, I'm going to call you out on it. If you want to fight, we fight. It is what it is. Right. Who you think does that, though, on this team? I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. Who do you think that is? Do you think it could be Joe, like, coming in as a rookie? Like, nah, our best nah, guy? Nah, I don't yeah. think Joe would do that his rookie year. But it needs to be somebody. Right. That's not AJ's personality. It don't seem like that's Geno's personality. Right. Um, you would want it to be one of your better players. Right. But that's what you need. Just, just some accountability, man. That's it. Some accountability, man. That... I don't want to let you down. You don't want to let me down. And that trickles down and just vice versa, man. you That's what you want to have, accountability, because talent-wise, they got it, man. They they have a team, but you're in a division that they have that accountability to each other, but they also had that belief because they've done it. The Ravens believe because they've done it time and time again. The Steelers had a chance at the playoffs, and they was playing every quarterback under the sun. So they really believe. And yeah. so you got to overcome not just that, but the history and the – when they play the Bengals, they think they're going to win every game. Right. And so you got to overcome that confidence along with just beating them. That's facts. Yeah, That's I, facts. you know, I guess the one thing I, – I think when you break it down like that from a – I think you have like more of a player's perspective. I think the average fan just points to the offensive line. And one of the things that I think, like, uh, when you were starting off telling me about 2005 and when you were saying that, I was like, I don't think year one the Bengals are going to be able to do that is, is to get into no, the – No, it won't be this year to no, where no, they no, go. No, 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 I'm just talking about, like, the second, the, the seven-step drops. Like, just oh, being no. just being able to open the playbook, right? I don't right. think even run seven-step drops anymore. Nobody does that anymore. Right. I don't – I just don't like. Do you think that Joe's going to be able to run like what he was running in college, like immediately, like because this is one of the stories that came out is like Zach said, "Give me your best ten plays." Like with the current offensive line right now, I think that they're very limited on what they can call. Do you think that that's going to be like 
like seen year one because all throughout uh, Dalton's tenure, like after after Whitworth, I always saw that everybody would go to the stat and say, "Well, Dalton gets it out faster than everybody else." I'm like, "Yeah," because I got to. You know, play calling could help. That you you that that can help if, if a team doesn't know if runner pass is coming. They're not coming full throttle to the quarterback. If you're able to run the ball effectively, that that helps a lot. Like people forget, just go go back to the first game of the season in 2019. You recall who the Bengals played in 2019? They played the Seahawks first game of the season. Oh yeah, and it was oh winning. yeah. We thought we was gonna they be lit. That was they a good that field goal. They win the game. Right. Facts. It changes and the whole season around. It possibly changes the whole course of the season. Right. And so the Bengals have a good team. Play calling can dictate the offensive linemen that had bad years. They can turn that around just because from a confidence perspective, run the ball effectively, uh, get, get, get the ball, get rid of the ball quickly. Your quarterback with his pocket presence, sliding to the left or right, stepping up, makes the old lines block a little easier. Joe's shown that he has pretty good pocket presence. Everybody talks about, oh, man, LSU's offensive line was so good. And then the draft happened. <laughs> and where were they drafted? And so, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, That's were good. they really that good? Or did Joe's pocket presence make them look that good? And, and so, I believe all of that will go hand in hand. And Zach Taylor, man, I, I, I like the dude. Play calling will play a part in um, just keeping people and teams off balance because the Ravens defensively up front are good. Steelers are always good. And the Browns, with Miles Garrett coming back, I mean, you got to double them. Yeah, their roster is sick. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Somebody said on there, uh, I'm just going to go to some of the questions. Someone said, who they, Dre, said, one of my favorite childhood Bengals moments was TJ cleaning his cleats. With the yeah. terrible towel. Oh yeah, thank you for doing that. By the way, I was, TJ. I was talking to Ace. This, I, was, I asked Ace this just like off the air one day. I said, "Man, what do you, you think TJ could go in like a Pittsburgh bar without them wanting to beat the shit out of him?" I would go. Like, I'm cool. Like I can handle myself, man. Like no, nah, I know you can handle yourself. I, like I mean, I, that, doesn't that change? Like how you change are You gonna whip my ass, so I'm gonna whip yours. I mean, that's just about <laughs> it. You know. <laughs> But like, like after that, I guess like that—that's what I wanted to know. Is like, did that change like maybe the interaction that you have with maybe like somebody that's a Steelers fan? Because if uh, like when I'm in Cincy and somebody walks into there, you know, like you know, with Steelers gear all the way, like it, it's like you know, boo boo, whatever. But like you being famous, you with your family, people never forget that moment. Like, has that? I mean, it was just fun. Like it wasn't planned. It was kind of. It was just off the cuff. It was real impromptu, man. Um. It wasn't planned at all. Uh, but it was just one of those things, like, it just happened. I thought it was fun. Um, it was dope for us. It, it would have been even better if we could have beat them in the playoffs. But but for me, it was it was all in good fun. They take it, oh, that's why you guys lost. No, we should. Yeah, now it's like it's a bad luck thing. If no, you just it, just, it didn't happen. I mean, the, the Pittsburgh fan that sold it to me, the towel, you, did you think he cared? Nah, he wanted that money I gave him, so he sold me a towel. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, for me, it was fun. Um, I'm sure some of the players and coaches at the time probably took offense to it. They probably got uh, they got gassed up about it. You know, and these mean coaches try to play on everything and try to make everything personal in meetings when you're playing the team. So I'm sure that happened. But nah, 
I've seen Steeler fans and they've said something to me about it, but it's always been respectful and good fun. Not, nothing malicious and nothing serious at all. Right. Uh, one one question I have, you probably don't have an answer to this. Why won't the Bengals hire former great players as like position coaches? Like, why aren't they hitting you and Chad up to bring y'all in as assistants? And why aren't they bringing in guys like Willie Anderson? It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know, man. Um, I did an internship with the Bengals. Not many people know that. I remember that. When Hugh was, when Hugh was coaching, when he was a coordinator there. Um, but I think Willie would be fantastic. A guy like Willie would would instantly go in there and garner respect. Um, the guys that he's worked with, they are really good. They learn. And he's he's able to still actually get out there and show them still. And so uh, to answer that question, I don't know. Maybe they think former players don't really understand stuff mentally, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Would that be something you'd be even interested in? Though? Like, you know, like off the air, you tell me about some stuff you're doing in Southern California. Like, is that even a move that you would even? Honestly, um, I couldn't say yes or no. I don't know. Until it's presented. Um, like my, my my thing is the I have four kids. I have a daughter that's in college, and then my younger daughter's going to college hopefully this fall. Um, and then I got two younger kids, another daughter, and my son is the youngest one. Is I, I want to be around my kids, man. I told you guys earlier, I've never met my father. And so when I was playing, I mean I would turn appearances down left and right because I didn't want to go for three days and be away from my kids. That's what's up. And, and so I want to be around my kids. Hopefully this coronavirus has shown owners and coaches that you ain't got to be in the office till midnight. Right. You you can get out of there at eight or nine o'clock. If that's the case, I would love to coach because then I can be involved in my kids' lives. But I don't care how much money you make, how much success you have. If you don't got a relationship with your family and your kids, what the fuck does it matter for? Right. Like, what, what does it matter? You got you've had all this professional success and you've got all this money, but you don't have a relationship with your children and your family and you don't see your wife. What's the purpose? Right. Yeah, that's so real. If hopefully this coronavirus, like I said, is showing they did the draft for home. They scouted from home. You can do things without being at the facility till midnight. Right. If they can start changing some things. Oh yeah, I love the coach because I. This sounds cocky. I just. I I believe I have it up here like the coaches do. Mm. Um, but I've done it. Right. So you could be a virtual coach. We just created a whole new position for you right now. I don't even like. Okay, uh, Antonio Pierce. He's a coach here on the state. Um, the Giants hired him as a consultant. And he would fly, they would fly him to New York every other week for two days. Like when they play home game, he would fly out uh, Thursday, be with the team Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fly back every other week. And he was on the payroll and he was out here living in Southern California, but he would fly to New York. Like, I don't know why teams don't do stuff like that. And, you know, he'd break film down for them give the linebackers pointer, pointers and what he saw for the upcoming opponent, things of that nature. I, I don't know why teams don't do stuff like that. With form. If you don't want to hire them as coaches, right? let's do that. Yeah. 
the the kid we had on we had a it's been two days ago now but Khalid Kareem the uh fifth round pick he was saying yeah we had first day of OTAs and I you know I had my meetings with my coaches all the all the players were there and we we spoke briefly and he was like it's not ideal but we got a lot of stuff done so I believe in that I guess um uh, one of the other questions was uh, somebody said, what do you think uh, realistic expectations for your record this up, not for your, for the Bengals record this upcoming year? Realistically, I would say if the Bengals can get between five and seven wins, that's a, that's a pretty good season. I will, if they, if they can do that, I, I expect Joe to win a playoff game on his rookie contract. Oh yeah. Um, that's but, if they can get five to seven wins, um, I'll be very optimistic that they're on the right track uh, moving forward. I just want them to be fun to watch. Like when I when I think about the teams that you were on, or even if the uh, for younger guys that are in the chat, or younger guys and girls that are in the chat, 2015, it just was fun to watch us. Like I, I think if they're if they're scoring 28 a game and and, and, it, and it has a bunch of L's in in the middle of it. I just think it's just going to change a lot. And I yeah, think- now, if, if it's exciting football and you got AJ getting down and Boyd getting down and Ross and then Joe Mixon is running and they celebrate and they making it live, but that gives you you're optimistic now. You you look forward to Sunday because it's going to be fun. Win, lose, or draw, we're going to give you something to watch. And, and so if they can do that, but if they're doing that. They're gonna win five to seven games, and right. so you know all that's kind of it's gonna go <laughs> hand in hand, and so um, it's gonna be interesting, man, because Joe has that mentality and he's super accurate. It's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. That's the division. I think it's gonna be the biggest Achilles heel. Um, what uh, you you were saying that just now, and uh, I meant to ask you this too, because someone said, "Are you still doing a bunch of stuff with FS1?" I meant yeah. to act on a okay. Yeah. So I mean, we just do Zoom calls or we, we get on Skype. We get on I was on yesterday. We get on Skype and uh or no, yeah, last two days. We get on Skype and how many AirPods in? Yeah. Uh, and do the show. Do the show virtually just like that. Yeah. Okay. Y'all so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, haven't seen him. He's amazing on FS1. If you guys get yeah, a he be killing it. He's real. Just as real as he is today, he's just that real, too. Ace, you got anything that you want to ask him? I, I know time is always important. You've been yeah, so... Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm very, TJ, very... I just want to say thank you for sure. Go ahead. I just got on Instagram a couple years ago. I had not known. I didn't see that message until you sent me the other one. I didn't know. Obviously, I knew what a DM was, but then I didn't know <laughs> it's the uh, request. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Uh, when I called him, I was like, oh, this dude probably think I'm a dickhead. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> because, I mean, come on. Because I'm on there every day, my DMs, like, I got a whole list of it. It's like a, they put it on a separate pocket, like, if you don't follow them. So I'm not assuming anybody's going to. Yeah, I'm, when I saw that, but I try to, like, I try to respond to, like, I, like what I told you earlier, like, if you're not talking shit and you cool and you we I'll respond to you like I don't care I don't care about it's not that serious but when I saw that I was like oh dude probably think I'm a dickhead man nah <laughs> nah I just I just probably like you ain't never see it like it's yeah, a, I, a million I, it's a million people that write on my page and be like bro like I've been writing you on the DM I'm like <laughs> I, I just didn't see it I'm sorry yeah bro. I I ain't even I ain't see that at all 
I'm starting. I'm starting to get a little familiar with Instagram now. I'm starting to understand it a little bit. Oh, we about to send them your way today, though. We about to get you some. We, I mean, not that you need it or the cloud or whatever, but like we about to send it right now. This this interview alone right here is going to give your Instagram popping today. So you better get your pictures ready and everything because we need to get that. Like that. When my daughter go to college, I don't know what I'm gonna do. She does. She, she does like all my posting and stuff. Like I'm. Like I said, I'm learning how to how to navigate through it. Just yeah. don't do a bunch of weird ass selfies and shit like that. All I, I'll never put a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, you might have to run some pictures by your uh, daughter or something. Just like, hey, like this, 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 what they doing or something. Yeah, like that. My daughters, they better not, because you know my daughters is pretty. So I'm like, man, I wish you would be out there showing your ass. I'll beat your ass, girl. <laughs> <laughs> For real, that's when the dad oh, come out. So now nah, I can't tell them not to do it, and then I'm doing dumb shit. Now nah, it ain't going down like that. I know dudes that step to your daughters though; they gotta be shook when they come and have to meet you. I, I try to be cool with a man. It's when I, when they were younger, you like man, ain't nobody touching my daughter. But as right. they get older, it's just really weird how your mind works. You just understand that that's gonna happen, and you do what you ever want. You're gonna be respectful. Um, if it don't work out, it don't work out. You're not gonna just be disrespectful when you're not going to touch it. Right. Um, if you do those two things, uh, if you be disrespectful, we're going to fight. If you touch her, it's going to be worse than that. Right. And that's pretty much what it is. Um, they've been hearing this their whole life of how men are, how we are. Um, and so they, they kind of know how to navigate themselves through it. But yeah, they, I would understand if, if I messed with somebody's dad that was a professional athlete or was just successful and you knew they came from a, just a good background of being good people, right. don't care nothing about the financial part of it, you're going to come into that uh, thing respectful and on point. And if you can't do that, they're not even going to give you the time of day because they're going to see you right through that from the get-go. Right, yeah. I always tell people like that too. You ever go to somebody's house that got like a real, 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 real nice house? As soon as you walk in, white carpet, so automatically, if the person never even took off their shoes ever before in their life, they're gonna say, "Do I need to take my shoes off?" It's just like the respect level, like when you first walk into that type of, of environment. And I imagine yeah. that that's what it's like for you too. Like when they see that, like yeah, like I, I, that dude right there, is somebody I need to respect. Yeah, so I mean that's what it is. I mean my oldest daughter's in college, and, and so. Uh, dudes, they I'm sure they know who I am. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's always gonna be respectful. Um, I'm old, but I ain't that old, right? <laughs> old enough, well, you're not uh, old enough to not whip somebody ass. I know yeah, that's right. Already know. Yeah, oh, shit. hey, two things gonna happen it's either you or me, and I, I'm cool with either one. Right, facts. facts. TJ Patterson said like that scene in Bad Boys 2, which is a really, really <laughs> great scene. If y'all never seen that, somebody else said uh TJ, who's your mama, is the goat. Uh, any closing remarks that you have for the people? Um, whether it be like any players that you really believe in, anything that you just want to share with the Who They Faithful. Nah, man, it's just uh I'm just looking forward to them turning things around, man. Um, getting some consistency. That that's it. Just just be consistent in your preparation. And the results will come. And so, are you going to allow me and Ace to join you on the sideline this year? That's what the people really want to know. Shit, I ain't even on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. How could you not let TJ Hoosman out on the sideline? That's crazy, bro. Crazy. 
I believe it's an NFL rule. You can get pregame passes on the sideline, but once the game starts, you got to go to your seat. It's a, it's an NFL. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay, well, everybody, this is the Orange is the New Black podcast. This is our guest, TJ Husmanzada. Please let them know for your Instagram, because my job for the rest of today is, is sending people to your Instagram. What uh, is your Instagram name? Uh, I think it's TJ. You don't know your Instagram name. Oh, my God. Let me look. Let me Come on, man. No, no lie. The, when I went to Cincinnati, the game I was talking about where Ross fumbled, that was the weekend that I first got on Instagram. Chad was like, you need to get on. Yeah, your, name, your name on Instagram is TJHoosh84. Yes. I'm so, so everybody that's in here that's listening to this right now, TJHoosh84, a legend. If you're young as hell and you don't know, go Google, find out. But TJHoosh84, follow him right now. This is the Orange is the New Black podcast. TJ Hushmanzada just went 50 minutes straight in here with us, and we're so gracious for it. Appreciate My co-host, New Stripe City on YouTube. Please continue to check us out. We are out, people. Love you. Appreciate you guys, man. Y'all take Ooh, care. Man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, CJ. Yes, sir, man. No problem. Y'all stay safe, bro. Yes, Likewise. Sir.